Hello and welcome to Great Relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. And this is Paul Moore here with Herman Even, where we were recently talking last time we were together that Genesis 3.17 says specifically, if I listen to my wife, I'm going to get in trouble so I don't have to listen, right? <laughs> Boy, that'd be a great verse to take out of context, wouldn't it? And a lot of times it does get taken out of context it just It says that. because <laughs> you listen to your it, wife. It sure does. It does say that. But we would we want to make certain that we understand God's word in the proper context, though. Okay? What he really said. Yeah, what he really then said. Then you That's need right. to pray for me, please. Okay. Lord, thank you so much that your word is clear. It's our minds that are unclear. I pray that we pay attention to your word. Do what you're asking us to do. Be true doers, not just hearers, so that we can understand and live this abundant life that you have given to us. In your precious name, amen. Amen and hallelujah. So Genesis 3.17, the judgment on men, not because I listened to my wife. <laughs> yeah, let's make sure that uh, we read that. I, I won't read the entire judgment like we did last time, but Genesis 3.17 through 19 is where you're going to find the judgment on men. And it starts off, then to Adam, he said, meaning God said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying you shall not eat of it, cursed is the ground. The Lord turned to Satan in this context in about 314 uh, and said, Satan, you're cursed. Woman, here's what's going to happen to you. And man, here's what's going to happen to you. So we didn't deal with Satan, but we did deal with the woman earlier in a, in a couple of programs. So right now the Lord is saying, Adam, you heeded the voice of your wife. Don't you ever listen to your wife again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know a rabbi who says that in modern day living, there is a reenactment of this every day. When the wife goes into the refrigerator and gets that plastic container and says, here, taste this. Does it taste bad to you? <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, the Lord is not saying that men should not listen to their wives. That, that has nothing to do with what's going on here. This passage is more pointed toward what? That he didn't listen to God. That's the comparison here. He's not saying don't listen to the voice of your wife. He's saying because you listen to her instead of me. That's what he's saying. In other words, trusting someone else. Trusting something other than God. That's what he's saying, what, what happened here. You gave your mindset toward what she was saying to you, which was enticed and deceived by the serpent. You paid attention to that. You didn't pay attention to the command that I said to you, which is don't eat of that tree. And last time we were together, you said there were even deeper implications here because... Eve wasn't around when Adam received that command from God. That's exactly right. That he received the command before Eve was even created. So there was a greater implication more so when because you listened to your wife. Wait a minute. You were charged to instruct your wife. That's a great way to say it. I really appreciate that. That's right. The Lord gave this command to Adam 
and Adam was therefore charged to make certain that that command was understood by him and by Eve ultimately. We don't have any record in God's word that God came and shared that command directly to Eve. So you can go through and start speculating that it was truly uh, God's intention and God's design for Adam to be sharing that command with her. And we see that through a lot of different things, that it was Eve who was named by Adam. And Yep, okay. Yeah, and I, I think there's another clear issue here with this heated that's going on. The Adam, not only is the fact that he listened to his wife— instead of God. But if you are heeding the voice of someone, that means you are following, not leading. You can't heed, meaning obey. That's what that word would also be. I can't obey and lead somebody at the same time. So that's what's going on here. God declared judgment on Adam because he followed and wasn't leading. Not only he didn't pay attention to God, but he was following Eve instead of leading her. And that's the reason why God instituted this judgment on Adam. And I just want to hit the pause key for a second and say, you make such importance to serving that there is a huge difference between following and serving. Right. And when we as men aren't willing to serve the ones that we are to be leading, we're not doing an adequate role of, ser- of, of leadership. That's, that's exactly right. And that's a whole different discussion. Sorry, but yeah. I just as you were talking about following, I wanted to be sure that, wait a minute, when we're following, not leading, we're not saying you're not serving because we are all about servant leadership different times. Absolutely. Time. Back to the judgments of Absolutely. men. Absolutely. So the other issue for us to uh, really pay attention to here is I want to make certain that people understand this point that we've, we've shared with uh, everyone before, but I want to share it again. The original sin happened in the context of a marriage done wrong. Now think about that. He was heeding the voice of his wife, meaning he was following her rather than leading her. He was therefore operating in the role that was not what God has asked him to do. He asked Adam to be the leader. He was following at that point in time. So the original sin happened in the context of a marriage being done improperly. That's a very important issue for us to pay attention to. It didn't cause the sin. It wasn't the reason for the sin, but it shows you the importance of a marriage done right to help you stay in the roles that God wants us to have. Herman, that seems long ago and far away, and I realize it's meant to be relevant. Help me make it relevant to my life, my marriage, my relationships today. Yeah, each one of these judgments are going to drive you away from operating in a marriage the way God wants it to operate. Now, I know that there's lots of people that will be potentially arguing with me about the idea of the man being the head of the household. There is a lot of discussion related to uh, the egalitarian type of marriage, each one of them having a role as the head. There is a lot of discussion about that. I do not believe that that is what is the accurate way to be thinking about marriage. But nevertheless, what happens is those judgments 
are designed to literally take a marriage in the wrong direction. The judgment on a woman is asking her to be more controlling toward a man. A judgment on man is to say, ask him to more or less abdicate the home and literally go off and do work and activity. That's the way the judgments are wired. That's the way the judgments are, are instituted. It literally will work against the marriage and, and hurt the marriage long term. Okay, and so forgive me this, but there are many of us out here who have no idea what that model looks like. I mean, the running joke when my parents were married was what mom would say, you wait until your father gets home. And it was like, yeehaw, he never comes home. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. So what about those of us who have no idea what that's supposed to look like in context? Well, And what we got was in front of a TV, and the TV said, don't trust marriage and family anyway. Right. The, uh, the answer to any of these issues is, are you going to put enough energy into going into God's Word to see how God wants it to be? God specifically designed man a certain way, designed woman a certain way, and he is giving given each one of them a role when marriage is is a part of the institution that is being created here. He gave each one a role, and he tells us how to operate in those roles in Ephesians chapter 5 and in Titus chapter 2. So those are clear issues. We can go to his word and find these things out, even if you don't have it in your family. I guess that's what I needed to hear. Thank you. Even if I don't know and I don't see it, God does, and all I need to do is ask him, and he will show me. Thank you, Herman. And before we go, I want to invite you to drop us a line at Great Relationships, P.O. Box 51836. That's Post Office Box 51836, Midland, Texas, 79710. Great Relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. It takes right thinking for right relationships right now. Great definitions for great relationships. Man's design. Man is designed to work, to provide, protect, and preserve. By contrast, women's design is to help or relate, to nurture and support. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. Jackhammer, saws, pliers. Is your toolbox complete? Add some critical thinking tools to your kit as you listen to Worldview Academy's Bill Jack with simple tools for brain surgery. Images are the most powerful tool for communication in today's culture. They shape the way we think without our even noticing, and every advertiser knows it. Look around you right now. What are the images you're seeing saying to you? Perhaps you're driving by those countless billboards that line America's roadways. Almost every one is selling selfishness. Buy this brand of toothpaste and you'll be sexy. Eat at Joe's and you'll experience true joy. But remember, only Christ offers true joy and His words tell us to take every thought captive to make it obedient to Him. Always examine what you're seeing lest you be taken captive by the world. Another simple tool for brain surgery. To add more tools to your kit, go to worldview.org. Hello 
and you're listening to great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love, or at least so we hope and pray. Right. You can go to our website, greatrelationships.com, gr numeral eight relationships.com. Click on the radio tab. Hear this again. Share it with your friends. Check out chapter four in the videos. That's kind of where a lot of this is coming from. Before the break, I asked you a question. People who are lost know that they need a compass. Which way is north? But if I don't even know that I'm lost, I don't know that I need a compass. And I grew up in a single parent home and these models, these structures you're talking about, they weren't there. I understand why there's parts of my being that look like Swiss cheese, but I didn't know I wasn't supposed to have these holes. And you said, just ask God. Yeah, get into his word. I think it it not only is true about the solution for the judgments, but the reason why I like to talk about these judgments is most people don't understand that these judgments are driving a lot of the bad behavior in relationship. We are obviously sinners. We know that. But at the same time, the way these judgments are instituted, the way God put them into place here, it's driving a lot of the flashing me moments that we will end up having, all of this selfishness that we have. Women are going to be driving their flashing me primarily as it pertains to relationships. They're going to have a tendency to be more selfish and flashing their me toward wanting the relationship with their husband to work the way that they want it to work. That's their judgment. They're going to want their relationship with their kids to work the way they want it to work. That's the judgment. They're going to end up being ruled or abused by their husbands, either physically or emotionally, or at least in some form of him abdicating his leadership. That's the judgment. See how that works? Most people don't know that these judgments are part of life. And what happens because we have our sin nature, the judgments, just operate as autopilot. You know, it's just like we uh, come into the world and we're naturally sinners and the judgments just take over and end up driving us so much of the time. There's a growing number of young men, I mean between 30 and 40 and down, who are abdicating reality for video games. Mm-hmm. That significance in judgment is they'll call another guy and say, you won't believe I just got the high score. But meanwhile, my kids, my wife, my relationships are in the tank. Yeah, I, I would say that would have a direct link to the judgment in many ways because men want to have significance. They want to have this concept of being fulfilled in their work and activity and they're seeing a video game. Virtual reality is actually somehow a a fulfillment, is somehow bringing in significance to themselves. It can be significant, I guess, if you have the high score. Doesn't the same thing happen with pornography? Virtual reality promising something that... It's taking you away from the relationship that you are to be having with your wife. And that relationship is, as God says, is a protective relationship. It's a providing relationship. It's a preserving relationship that you're to have with your wife. And when the judgments enter the play and you forget about what God is saying, you go back to autopilot, which is the judgments, and you're going to be focused on work and activity, and you're going to end up using and abusing your wife. That's how you participate in her judgment. It's a real situation. There's no doubt about it. Most people do not know 
these judgments well enough to know they're happening to you right now, and you need to make a choice to do life differently. What we want to be doing is paying attention to and choosing what God wants us to be doing differently, because he has a solution for all these judgments. That's the reason why he's given us all the information that he's given to us in Ephesians. Oh, now you tell me there's a solution, because I remember when you read that, I heard something from dust you came and dust you returned. (laughs) It didn't sound like a solution I want to be a part of. Well, none of the none of the discussion on the judgments is ever hopeful. Unfortunately, it's 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 never never feels good because you don't really talk about the solution. I want people to become aware of the problem. And if you're not aware of the problem, you're not going to have a tendency to go look for a solution. So we need to become aware that the very struggles that you may have with your husband or with your wife are most likely being generated directly from these three verses, Genesis 3, 16, 17, 18, and 19, four verses. (laughs) I have never heard anybody say where this is implied and affects my everyday life. It is impacting your marriage. It's impacting the relationships that men and women have on a daily basis, and we're not aware of it. It's because it's just part of us. It's just part of the way we're wired. It's part of the sin nature. It's wired into the sin nature these judgments are. And God is saying, I have given you a new life. I have given you abundant life. I have given you the Holy Spirit. Choose that. Choose that as opposed to the way that you used to be. But I can't choose what I don't know. And that's the reason why it's so important for people to know about the judgments. So important for us to understand that we have these flashing me moments. And most of those flashing me moments are driven by these judgments. So we talked about the idea of heeding the voice of your wife. Uh, The reason why that's so important is because it implies that he wasn't paying attention to God. He is paying attention to Eve more than God. And secondly, it's a matter of him simply following, being no longer a leader. He was following. So there's a lot to be said just in that little phrase, he did the voice of your wife. The uh, next part of it that's important in these key elements of the judgment is cursed is the ground. We talked about that a little bit last time, saying that it wasn't Adam that was cursed. It wasn't work that was cursed. It was the ground that was cursed so that the work that Adam puts into the ground becomes less fulfilling. It becomes less of a element of being able to go, oh, I finished. No, it's just like me mowing my yard. I mow it this week. And guess what? Some grass is going to grow and I'm going to have to mow it again. (laughs) Uh, Or I'm going to have to go find the weeds and pull them out and they're going to grow back. That's that's the big difference about work before the curse and now the work before the curse. You know, you did your work and it was done. But now you do your work and it has to be redone and constantly redone because thorns and thistles are going to continue to grow. Now, that speaks of it from the viewpoint of an agricultural mindset. Well, the same thing is happening to me. I don't work in the fields anymore. I, you know, I can have the idea of talking about mowing my grass. You, you talk about the grass, but I mean, you're in an office. You coach, you train, you teach, you empower. And I do work, and guess what? It's not perfect, 
it's not something that lasts, and you have to go back and tweak it. You have to go back and change it. The same thing is happening here. It's the same exact thing. The work is not the curse. The unfulfilling part of it is what the curse brings into, into play. Okay, so let me get you to say this again just to be sure I heard you. Adam wasn't cursed. Right. We're not cursed. We're not cursed. Work is not cursed. Right. But it is the medium or the fact that the ground is cursed. The activity that you're trying to be fulfilled at is no longer going to be fulfilling from the viewpoint of the way it was in the past. Okay, so we were designed to keep and tend the garden. The garden's not cursed. The man's not cursed. The ground is cursed. Well, you could actually say that the garden is cursed in some regards if you want to imply it that way. So the work that you put in, however much effort you put into it, it's not going to stay. And it's going to be painful. It's going to be painful. There's a word being used there in Genesis 3, 17 through 19, that it's going to be toil. You're going to have toil and therefore sweat, and then ultimately you're going to go back to dust. That word toil is exactly the same word that's used in Genesis 3, 16, talking about the woman, the woman having pain in childbirth. Now, isn't that interesting, the way God did that? God is saying these judgments, whether it's for a woman or for a man, are going to create pain. For a woman, it's going to create extreme pain, not only in the birth of the child, but pain in raising the child. But in that context, taking it very narrowly and very literally, it's very much pain in childbirth. Well, exactly the same word is being used of man in his judgment, in toil you shall, meaning you're going to have pain every day that you go to work. And the way that I'm going to show that you're going to have pain is the thorns and thistles that are going to grow. Okay, materials coming from Chapter 4 at our website, grnumeratelationships.com. Great relationships pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. It takes right thinking for right relationships right now. Great definitions for great relationships. We have all asked, what is love? Love is pursuing the best for others, patiently, kindly, sacrificially, and unconditionally. Great definitions for great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. Relationships can be great, and not just marriages or romantic relationships, all relationships. The Bible offers the same solution to what is essentially the same problem. What is the problem and what is the solution? Study along with us to find out. Great Relationships is a video course offering biblically-based insight on relationships. In each video, watch Herman tame tough issues by discussing them in a casual online learning environment. Each of Great Relationships' 12 chapters are subdivided into quick segments you can squeeze into a coffee break. So if you've had time to listen to this promotion, you have the time to sign up and start today. Visit our website at greatrelationships.com. That's G-R-numeral-8-relationships.com to sign up for our free newsletter. Pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now.
Welcome back. Taking the stress out of your life by making all your relationships great. Greatrelationships.com. GR numeral 8relationships.com is the website. And Herman, before the break, you were talking about the judgments against men. Mm-hmm. Genesis three seventeen through 19. I tend to think that the judgment against man is twofold. Mm-hmm. One, that I'm broken, there's something wrong with me, and that work is cursed. And in the last segment you said, no, work is not cursed, and man is not deficient. He's exactly who God intends. Well, he's, he is designed exactly like God wants him designed. The deficiency shows up in the fact of the sin nature that's inside of us, and these judgments end up inciting that sin nature even more so because my sin nature really wants to have things go my way. I want to be fulfilled with work. I want this design that I have about being work-oriented and activity-oriented. I want fulfillment from that. And so when I say, why can't I get this right? Why can't I get it done? There must be something wrong with me. That's not true. That will have an issue that's more related to the judgment because the judgment is put in place to cause us to not have a fulfillment through the very way that we're designed. But when I don't get that, then I want to get satisfaction someplace else. As a man or woman, we'll tend to abdicate and try to say, it's kind of like somebody saying, well, I quit. You know, you can't fire me. I quit. That's what tends to happen with a man. He's having less fulfillment from work, and he ends up just abdicating his responsibility for life and just going, you know, I'm I'm just not going to do anything. That's what can happen to a lot of men from the judgment. They just go sit on the couch, or they just decide to abdicate life, and which puts a real strain on the marriage because that puts real tension on the woman to fulfill her judgment because she is therefore just end up ending up controlling from that viewpoint. So when we're not trusting God, it's not surprising that we end up self-medicating through something. Absolutely. We will end up doing that all the time. And it's painful. It's painful. And that's what the Lord said was going to happen with this judgment in toil. And if, you said toil both for men and women, same me, word. It's both the same judgments. word. Both of them have pain involved. And if a man starts feeling like it's too painful, he'll end up giving up. A woman will tend to do the same thing on the relationship side. So the pain is tied directly to work for a man. The pain is tied directly to relationships for a woman. Now, that's just what's so amazing about our God. Okay, well, okay, it's going to hurt, so I can just quit, right? God will forgive me. Well, yes, God will forgive you, God, if, if you're willing to repent, but that means that you have decided to go back and do it the right way. It, God is going to, God is always in the business of forgiving. At the same time, he wants you to confess, which implies repentance, turning from and turning toward. (laughs) So the issue for all of us is to consider all of us men in particular, is that this is going to be a painful situation if you don't pay attention to what God has asked you to do. God has asked you to be a real man, Titus chapter 2, verses 1 through 8, the same thing for women. He's asked you to show your love toward your wife in seven different ways, Ephesians chapter 5. He's asked you to focus on doing life his way as opposed to doing life through this whole idea of the sin nature. He's asking you to do it differently. But that's a lot. So help me here. What one thing until next time we're together can I focus on? I would desire very much for a man to focus on the fact that God has asked him to lead 
And most likely, when he's not leading, he's participating in the judgment. When you're focused on work and activities to the exclusion of the family, you're in the judgment. That's not leading. Okay, but I think I'm leading, right? Did I not provide food? Did I not provide shelter? Is there not a nice car, nice clothes? The very statement that you made is the story of my life. It's the story of the difficulty that Louie and I faced, not only in our relationship, but also in my relationship with the, with the children, is because I was operating in the judgment too much of the time. I was providing uh, you know, the house, the cars, the money, the groceries, that type of stuff I was providing. Actually, I was living in the judgment more because I was not seeking and pursuing the best for the family, which drove problems into the family by me participating in my judgment, focused on work and activities as opposed to serving them, as opposed to pursuing their best. So when I am operating in the judgment, I won't be leading. I will have a tendency to be abdicating my leadership in the home. I'm going to be focusing too much on fulfillment and significance through work and activities as opposed to fulfillment and significance through the family and being a leader at home. That is going to be a critical distinction. How can I reassure myself or recenter myself to that understanding? Go to Titus chapter 2 and look at what a real man is. Everything that a real man is, if you want relief from the judgment, it has nothing to do with the physical external realm. It has everything to do with what's on the inside. Sound and patience, sound and love, sound and doctrine. Those are the things that God wants us. And that sound and doctrine means that I'm acting in a certain way. Not that I know the entire Bible, but I'm acting in a certain way. And one of the biggest things that a man needs to be doing is easy to respect. So there you go. That one thing, that relief that we're looking for. And if you forget it, I guess then we would both recommend just ask God. Amen. Trust God. He'll give you the next step. Until next time, great relationships. GRNumeratelationships.com. How is your day going, Barbara? I can't even begin to tell you how terrific my life is right now. What a coincidence. My life is just overflowing with blessings, too. Why, just yesterday, I found a $100 bill on the ground. That's great. I saved a cat that was stuck in a tree, and the owner was so thankful that she gave me a gift card to my favorite restaurant, Luigi's. Wow, I was in Luigi's just the other day and saved a man that was choking with the Heimlich Maneuver. He was so overjoyed that he gave me tickets to that new play that's been sold out for weeks. That's amazing. I've been wanting to see that play myself. Really? I asked my husband and he didn't want to go. Will you go with me? That would be great. Days like this are too good to be true, but great relationships are possible. Join Herman as he offers you the opportunity to pursue the best for others, patiently, kindly, sacrificially, and unconditionally. Right thinking, right relationships, right now.